Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Dream Reality New Earth Radio, reminding you that the choice is yours. I'm Dr. Dream with my co-host Ilya Nabatovsky. And now, on with the show. Welcome to Dream Reality New Earth Radio. Today is Tuesday, January the 24th in the fine year 2012. I am your host, Dr. Dream, and our co-host... And I am Ilya Nabokovsky. Another week, Dr. Dream. How are you? It is another week. You know, this has not been an easy week for me. Um, and it may very well be that tonight's guest has answers to why that could be for me, but I'm not so completely sure, but, um, just kind of, uh, here at the house, sort of passing colds around and, and things like that, just not quite at the peak of our game, but, um, really taking it as a message that, uh, we all need a little bit more rest and, uh, to really recharge for uh, for what this year has in store. How about you, Ilya? Uh, well, thank you for asking. And you know, uh, it, it's it's really important to to recognize that you know sometimes we will get um, kind of uh, thrown off track a little bit, and that's okay. Um, none of us are perfect, and um, I just want to commend you on being honest and really you know staying tr- true to who you are and what you're experiencing. Um, and allowing yourself to learn from that. So that's the first thing that I wanted to, uh, you know, uh, say to you and uh, just give my appreciation. Um, but I'm doing great, Dr. Dream. Everything's uh, going real smooth. I've been doing my weekly meditations here in uh, Park Slope in Brooklyn, New York, every Wednesday night. And um, they've, been success- they've been very successful, and I've been having a great time and just meeting a bunch of new people so um i've been uh i've been really really good oh that's awesome i'm so glad to hear that and you have embarked on a regular schedule of events there in new york give give us a little bit of a heads up yeah well um every wednesday like i mentioned before at seven o'clock um you can actually go to my website and uh that's www.source frequencies.com and um, every week I'm going to be hosting weekly activations for accelerated ascension and I know that it's a very uh, weird name and uh, I call it AAA for short but essentially it's a very (laughs) powerful process and it's designed to uh, just raise your vibration uh, raise your spirits and and really take you to the next level Um, so if you're in New York City and you're called to attend uh, these weekly events, uh, please visit my website, or you can find this information on my Facebook, and I'd uh, be more than happy to have you there. So uh, that's really been uh, 
going really well, like I said. And uh, before we started this uh, radio show, Dr. Dream, you were telling me about some of the events that you are going to, you're going to be a part of. So why don't you tell us a little about that? Well, you know, it's that time of year, beginning of the year, we start looking at uh, different festivals over the summer and, and different things that are going on. And so uh, today was um, a day of working on uh, lightning in a bottle. This will be our third year out um, uh, in Orange County at lightning in a bottle. Uh, you were there uh, with us kind of kicking that off, which was, uh, which was huge for us. We really love those folks. And then um, working on the uh, symbiosis uh, pyramid eclipse event. There is an annular a solar eclipse that's going to be visible in the United States. Um, actually, Pyramid Lake is right outside of Black Rock City, right outside of where uh, Burning Man is in, um, in Nevada. And um, an annular eclipse is different than a total solar eclipse in that um, you can still, during totality, so to speak, you can still see a ring of light around, um, around the shadow but um, really striking and should be quite spectacular. And then, of course, uh, this year at Burning Man, we've got the 60-foot Dream Dome um, as a centerpiece of the Red Lightning Camp. We'll be there again and um, really stepping it up. This will be our biggest um, uh, endeavor uh, of the year at, at this point. So lots of really good things going on. And, of course, touroflove.com. You can find out um, all the details and everything. Beautiful, brother. You know, I really love uh, seeing more and more people really stepping into their power and really following their passion. Um, I'll tell you, um, I was at this uh, gathering uh, last uh, last Friday, and it was a gathering of of young people like myself, and we all came together and we all shared what our gifts are. You know, some of us uh, are healers, others are astrologers. You know, somebody else is an artist and does amazing paintings. And so I'm just really happy to see how more and more people are stepping out of the old paradigm of uh, following someone else's ideas and really stepping out of the box and taking back their own power and following what excites them. And I'll tell you, when, when you do that, um, magic starts to happen and the universe conspires to assist you in the most magical ways. So it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. It is amazing. And this is the time. I mean, the energies are really lining up for people to, you know, further expand into their awareness um, and expand their consciousness and really lining um, the energies up to, to step into what their role is. And to me, there is nothing, nothing at all more exciting than that. And really, this is kind of a perfect segue to uh, our guest tonight. Um, <clears throat> before I ever met John Riley, his reputation um, uh, was made known to me. And um, he is he is quite a fascinating gentleman um, with a background in top secret military projects to 23 years in motion picture special effects. He's taking his knowledge and experience to a much greater level and sharing his discoveries with the world. He has created zero point research and the life stream generator. Now, what's what's funny to me is, um, you know, John 
uh, titles himself researcher, and to me, um, he's he's just so much more. But how could you put you know all of that um, on a uh, on a business card or anything like that? But but he does um, he he's doing some amazing uh, research, and he's sharing it with all of us, and we get um, the benefit of his expertise and uh, his knowledge here tonight, and I welcome John D. Riley to our program. John, are you with us? Yes, I am. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. Now, um, you really are, um, I mean, you're, you're, you're all over the place. At, at least, you know, I'm, you, you've, you've shown up more for me in the last, I guess, six months or so, um, than before that, and I'm not exactly sure why, but it certainly um, earned you a spot on on Dream Reality New Earth Radio. Now, you're you you you've got a a tremendous background um, and and some some great experiences, and it's really prepared you for for what you're involved in now and what you're doing. Do you want to give us just a little bit about the background and kind of bring us? Um, you know, a little bit into what it was like evolving in your world. Oh, sure. Yes, actually. Well, it, I've been engineering for nearly three decades now. And uh, in the motion picture industry, I was known as uh, as an electronic design engineer. So people would bring uh, pretty much anything, you know, to that was uh, – incredibly designed on a two-dimensional piece of paper. And, and our company, we always had the ability to uh, bring it to about 99% of its accuracy of how the uh, designers illustrated it. So that really built an amazing reputation for us. We, we just had that dimensional way of seeing technology and how to fabricate. So that served real well. And, you know, before that, I spent uh, a few years in uh, the Skunk Works over at Lockheed Aircraft when it was in Burbank, California, and after six months of, uh, well, how I got into Lockheed was kind of fun, actually, because they, uh, uh, once in a while they have these orientations, and they invite anyone that passes the interview to go into the orientation. And uh, it's no pay, and you have to go uh, from 7 o'clock to 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and there's no guarantee of a job, and it's 40 hours. So you have to go through this orientation if you really want to work there. And uh, what's very interesting is that uh, when I got to the fourth day after each test, they told me I could leave. And I thought I was actually, you know, being escorted out. But then they came and got me in the hall. I said, no, you're going to go into processing. But when you go, you're going to go to the left, not the right. And so when I got down that corridor, you know, on the left side, there was a skunk. And they bring you into processing, and they brief you for a, a confidentiality clearance. And then six months later, on the average, you, you get your top secret clearance, and then you move into another division that you're not allowed to talk about So any, any time of your life. So they literally say what you've been doing for the last six months, that, that is your story. That's what you tell everybody. So that, that was a very interesting eye-opener at such a young age to uh, you get my top secret clearance and then enter a, a cipher code on a door every day and walk in and never be able to speak about it. Now, were you an inquisitive child? I mean, were you always looking to find out how things worked and, and stuff like that? Because it seems that that would have been the foundation of all this for you. Oh, absolutely. You know, being uh, so inquisitive, you know, when I was about eight years old, my dad used to get me remote control cars, and I would take them apart on the first day, and it, used, and it got him very angry sometimes, and then uh, 
he, one day he said, hey, you, put, you got 10 minutes to put that back together. And uh, literally when he came back like 15 minutes later, it was all back together and uh, working perfectly. So he constantly started getting me robotic, you know, and, and different types of, you know, everything from erector sets and on, you know, to uh, and, and I was constantly, you know, building and making model rockets, you know, flying them up as high as possible. You know, all sorts of, uh, you know, levels of uh, just constant exploration. And he supported me in it, which was great. So, yes, and that, and that never left. When I got into Lockheed, I was as inquisitive as I was as a kid. And sometimes it almost got me in trouble because I would walk in other departments that I shouldn't be in. But actually, it, it actually paid off because uh, my supervisors noticed that I was more than just curious. I was very inquisitive, and I was absorbing the information. So when I was doing my own tests, you know, it, that I wasn't uh, uh, actually certified to do, they said, you know, we, there's only like a handful of people in Lockheed that can do what you're doing. Where did you learn this? I said, I just observed others, and then I asked if I could do my own tests on these on these pieces of technology. And they said, yeah, sure. You know, they were actually kind of happy that I, I stepped up. And so I was able to, like, I get myself certified and move into a very higher rank at such a younger age because I was able to do it internally and not go outside of the, you know, and, and uh, create my education. I was able to create my education within the, within the uh, confines of Lockheed Aircraft. I love it. I love it. Now, um, one of those experiences at Lockheed, um, something that happened to you that wasn't in the manual, um, later has had a great impact on, on what you're doing now. You want to you share that story? Now, <laughs> we haven't talked oh, about yeah. this. There may be more stories than the one I know, so let's just see what you come up with now. <laughs> yeah, you must be talking about the one where I got electrocuted. Yes, the electrocution story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, uh, well, the, the electrocution, that, how we explain it to everyone else, is that at the division that I worked at, we had a very, very special machine, and it was actually an energy generator. But what was special about it is that we had the ability to uh, adjust the voltage, but what was very unique about it is that we were able to adjust the frequency. And a lot of people don't realize that the uh, universal grid that powers the world World, uh, works at, you know, 110 to 220, 240 volts. That's what normally comes in most people's homes, and it's at either 50 or 60 hertz. And that uh, 50 or 60 hertz is the frequency of the alternating current that is being generated from the power plants. Military applications and military aircraft use 400 hertz or 400 cycles. It's a very high frequency that runs through the energy or the electricity. So this generator had the ability to go from uh, – 50 hertz all the way up to 800 hertz. And I was in, a, in, in an experimental when I was actually working on some certain units that were actually running a 400 cycle high voltage energy. And uh, I reached in with a screwdriver and I didn't have myself properly grounded and I, I shorted out against a, a high voltage power tube and it went through my body. And at that moment, instead of throwing me off, of the unit, like 50 or 60 hertz, uh, dirty energy would have. I became completely alert, and I was, and it literally, you know, embedded that moment in in my memory. I could see the clock, you know, as clear as day. I could see, you know, that room as clear as day, and everything that was happening in that present moment. And I also checked my body, and I said, "Wow, I am like completely energized from that. I'm not disrupted in any way, shape, or form." So with that one you know, uh, mistake, 
if you would like to call it, actually really started me to ask a lot of questions. And, I could, and then I started to, uh, on my own spare time, I started to experiment with different devices that, would, that was uh, designed to run on 110 volts at 60 hertz. And I would, like, you know, experiment to see if I can increase the energy and then also test, you know, I was increasing the frequency and, and then testing its, uh, its consumption if, if it's using the same, uh, the same amount of current and uh, you know, or the same amount of power in general. And I found out every time that I was able to increase the frequency, the devices would run so much more efficient, sometimes 30 to 80% more efficient. So I started asking more questions. I said, how come we're not doing this in our infrastructures around the world? And everyone said, well, we'd have to change the infrastructures because everything is built to work on 50, 60, or 50 or 60 hertz. How do we change it to 400 or 800 cycles? You know, who's going to do that? And so, you know, I stopped asking that question. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um now I I I want us to, uh, I'm I'm going to veer away a little bit um from from this because I uh just before we we move too far ahead, um I want to find out how you went from Skunk Works to 23 years in motion picture special effects. I mean, was that the the, the jump, a few years at Skunk Works doing top secret stuff, and then all of a sudden you're in the motion picture industry? Uh, well, exactly how that came to be is that I was, a, you know, maybe it was after that moment where I, I had that 400 cycles run through my body, I became very aware of my environment. And I, I saw people that were there 15, 20, 25 years doing the same repetitive thing over and over. And uh, I was uh, at the time, I think I was about 21 years old, and I was at a labor grade 18. And when I started there, I was at a labor grade 8. So as, as high as you can go is 18. So within a year and a half, almost two years at Lockheed, I reached the highest uh, labor grade that you possibly could get, and that was a blue collar. You know, that was in a blue collar. And, and then it was offered to me to uh, become a red badge, which is a salary position, and they, and they offered me to run my own, my own department. And they said, you know, I, I already set a record there. Why don't you keep going and be the youngest supervisor? And I said, you know, that's great, but I, I'm a hands-on guy. I, have, I got to build my own lab here, you know, because uh, you know, we opened up a new, a new division and you guys let me spec out the lab, and uh, I'm a hands-on guy. I, I don't really want to push papers, but thank you so much for the offer. And that didn't go over too well, you know, because they really wanted me in that position, and I kept saying I want to stay here. I want to, I want to be a hands-on guy. And uh, they, uh, and so, uh, you know, from, from that moment, I started looking around. I realized I really didn't have much more I could do there. And so I started looking at my future. I said, well, do I want to make a choice and be a lifer at Lockheed, or do I want to explore further? And so I got to the point where I was literally stagnant in, in, in what I was doing there. Yeah, it was exciting. I was working on the latest, the latest technologies with the stealth fighters, SR-71, U-2s, you know, while mm -hmm. they were still flying, and, and then working on the stealth, which was the latest of the technologies. But then it wasn't enough for me. And so I was given an opportunity to kind of segue out of Lockheed. So after three and a half years, I did so. 
And uh, I was always building things on my spare time that were electronic and mostly, you know, uh, optoelectronics, which is lights, you know, which is LEDs. And I would make these sequential props and things from, like, old old shows and movies, and I would replicate them. And then I, I would walk around and go to the studios and just, like, show people what I did. Finally, I was given a job offer. And, uh, you know, and I, I said yes to it. And so that's how I kind of got my foot in the door. And it's really funny. The first movie that I ever worked on was a movie called Cocoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that film. Yeah. Now, if you remember the story premise of what the movie was about, it was about rejuvenation, you know, mm-hmm. you know like within the human system, you know, and, uh, you know, that the pool and, and, the, and the energy. So it's kind of really interesting how that really uh embedded itself in my subconscious and what and what I'm doing now you know where it's very similar to that understanding of what the movie premise was about to what we're actually doing today now john talk to us about what was going on with you in your personal evolution and your your own consciousness and and awareness during this time at skunk works and then in the 23 years um in the the motion picture industry because i mean you obviously you know, just based on what I know of you and my contact with you now, had some sort of, you know, really stellar path into your own conscious awareness. Well, yes, Dr. Dream, uh, thank you for bringing that up. It actually does take me back a little bit. And uh, what, and uh, one of the uh, the opportunities that I had is when I was at Lockheed, you know, and I, I reached that, that apex within the uh, the labor grade, I was making more money than I knew what to do with. I was putting most of it into savings. But then I started to explore the human self. At, 20, at, at 21, I was doing isolation tank studies in the early 80s. You know, and I was, I was, I was going to seminars, you know, uh, with John C. Lilly, who was doing, you know, the research on, you know, the, uh, on the dolphins and the higher brain states. And so I was trying to, you know, uh, understand his research and uh, also working and, uh, you know, just looking at uh, the higher metaphysical aspects and just letting it absorb. I wasn't really – I wasn't locked into anything except, you know, the isolation tanks and, uh, and then uh, just constantly pushing that realm. So I was, I was noticing that my consciousness was really uh, in a wider, broad, a wider spectrum than the others that I was working around. And I started to explore this, and I started, I, then I stumbled upon astral projection. And someone introduced me to it, and, uh, and I said, well, I already do that. But I didn't, I didn't have the method where I could do it so perfectly. And uh, so then I, I, I started studying astral projection with the combination of the isolation tanks. And, uh, I, uh, and then after uh, uh, meeting John C. Lilly in, the, in these seminars, I, uh, I was at this wall, and then I was kind of, uh, you know, given certain guidance how to, how to have a breakthrough. You know, and they, and they, they were kind of looking at me because, you know, they were looking at, me with this side eye and I couldn't understand what that is but now I can look back and I realize because I've seen that in so many that I work with and you can see they're right on that precipice of what we call the great shift and so to make a long story short I had a sequence of events that happened in my life that literally fragmented me into a, a higher state of reality now being so young and having no one else around me I wasn't able to really deal with it. I mean, I literally, I saw transparencies in people. You know, my girlfriend, you know, I I, I was able to just read her, literally her matrix. 
and it, it literally started to freak her out. She said, where did you get that information? I never told you that before, you know, and uh, and I said, it's right there on you. And, I, of course, yeah, I didn't have the verbiage, and, I, you know, you'll look at people, you know, they can feel the energies. There's something different. And so I realized I was actually, almost everyone around me was kept becoming a little fearful <laughs> because I didn't, know, I didn't know exactly what was going on. I was just being you know, who I was, and it was like literally freaking everybody out, you know, so, and then I, I noticed, and then another event happened that literally, literally fragmented me in such a way where my re- reality was drastically shifted, and it's something that I have never heard ever happen to anyone else before, and I, I don't, I don't really want to go into the deepness of the experience of what happened, but it was literally a crossover event where someone close to me uh, passed away in the middle of an astral projection event that I was going through. And those streams crossed over. And what it did, it, it, it left me with one foot in the door of the other reality. And so with that, I could not handle. I could not handle. I literally withdrew from everything. I couldn't even go out the door. I couldn't understand what was happening. And it was I was so fragmented at the point I considered many options in my life at that point in time, and they were not really healthy options. And right. I remember at, at that point in time, I was, uh, uh, there was a, a higher level of guidance that came in and gave me an option. There were two options. I could continue this course, but my, my family and friends that I have now would never would, will not understand me. You need to seek others that are experiencing what you are, or you can go back to sleep, you know, for 22 years. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but that that was the options that were given to me, and I opted on the latter. I said I will, I would wish to go back to sleep, so I did get an option to take the blue pill, you know. And, and apparently, <laughs> you, could do that, you could do that once in your life, you know, when you fragment or you or you you have this step in that didn't look like it was really pre-planned. I was given an option to uh, subdue myself to a certain level, and what was very interesting is that event did not uh, come to my consciousness until my agreement came forth when I was 44 years old because it happened at 22. And then my my my, uh, my life here took a drastic shift at 44. And then the memories came in of that agreement. And so it was very interesting. you know. But I always had that insightfulness uh, through my life, but it was only like maybe 30% of what, I truly explored or discovered when I was at the, at the age of 22. Okay, now just to get a grip on um, where you're at now, I wouldn't normally ask this, but how old are you now? I am 50. Okay, so you've had probably a relatively or maybe not so relatively intense six years. <laughs> well, the well, what's very interesting is uh, in 2005. Uh, that is when the live stream technology came forth. I, I went through many shifts uh, in uh, my life, and I guess it's, it's actually be called. It's, uh, most people would call it receiving the great gift. And I had, and to receive a higher level of consciousness, sometimes you have to be removed from the illusions. And you know, when we when we understand an awakening, sometimes it can come many ways. It can come fascinating. It can call, come very rudely, but an awakening nonetheless. So when your materialistic life starts to uh, be released before you and there's nothing you can do, you know, to uh, to hold on to it, 
you know, uh, and, and, and until the sequence of events reveal themselves, you're kind of just kind of going with it and trying to understand the reasons why. So I had a multi-million dollar business, you know, I had about 18 employees in the motion picture industry and just made the conscious choice to, you know, to leave the industry. And then, you know, when I did that, I, you know, everything else around me, you know, just, you know, the house in the Hollywood Hills, you know, it was all, I just, you know, moved away from having anything in the materialistic aspect. And I, you know, I went through this, this transition in my life, you know, from having pretty much anything I want, you know, the, you know, beautiful family and the kids with the house on the hill to, you know, to uh, the removal of, of almost all of that. And uh, so this is a very interesting sequence in my life, you know, to understand what was happening. And I had to go into this deep, it was almost like a deep cocoon. And I went, I went very deep, and then I, I, I started remembering because all of a sudden I wasn't working with my hands. And I always had the ability, you know, to, uh, you know, to, uh, to bring forth a new concept and always, and always uh, you know, uh, receive, you know, uh, money from it. You know, I was always good at creating business. And so uh, I segued when I closed the special effects business, I I had my production company, you know, which I did a couple feature films, but then I opened it up and I did uh, uh, DVDs and also post-production. And I I came up with a a different concept uh, to do DVDs and I was doing what's called library management. And I started, I I, uh, stumbled upon uh, upon this esoteric uh, company that had these uh, suppressed or you know alternative ways of thinking uh, uh, DVDs and uh, d- uh, different subjects. Or actually, they didn't have DVDs. They wanted to convert it. So I met them and I, I offered them to convert their library. Well, they had you know uh, David Ike. You know, I so I was converting David Ikes and I was converting uh, William Henrys and all the, the the UFO you know secret agendas and the crop circle you know, this entire vast library, and I was absorbing all this information, you know, subconsciously, you know, getting paid to do it and, and actually watching, you know, you know, like 18 hours of David Icke, you know, and I'm realizing, <laughs> you know, that the stuff that he's talking about, you know, like one of his first ones was like Freedom Road and Prison of Paradise, and he was using analogies. And, and then I, when I did William Henry's uh, work, all of a sudden these sacred symbols that he was bringing up, you know, started to spark all this, all this knowledge, you know, and I was trying to figure out what was going on, and then I just had this thirst, you know, to go further in my life, and that's when I stumbled upon, uh, I was looking, you know, to connect these dots of this ancient understanding, you know, these mysteries of the pyramids and these sacred sites, and I knew it was about energy, because then it, it stumbled upon what I knew, you know, working at Lockheed, and then, you know, to connect those dots in my own life, and then to bring tangible you know, to bring proof instead of just, you know, sitting there and theoretically presenting, you know, on a projection screen my theories. I said, no, I'm going to bring something forth that's going to prove this, that, that these energy fields exist. You know, we're at this point consciously, but we're also at this point in the alignment to the, you know, to, uh, within the universe to start to tune into these frequencies once again. This is where it gets really interesting. We can elaborate on that a little bit later you know, in the show if we have time. But this is this is what it's this is what, you know, we talk about connecting the dots and then uh understanding this the uh what was happening in, in most of these sacred chambers in Egypt and uh it, it was all about, you know, rejuvenating the physical self, you know, to be in the highest vibration. And then stumbling upon the uh this um very unusual structure in uh you know uh, 
the desert here in California called the Integratron. And I know probably a lot of the listeners probably know about this. That was a, a structure. It was a 50-foot uh, a, a dome out in the middle, middle of uh, Landers, California, near Palm Springs. And George Van Tassel was the inventor of this place, uh, used sacred geometry and used the the, uh, the ley lines of the earth and, and built this on a, on that particular point on the planet. And what he was going to do when he turned it on, it was literally going to be a massive cellular rejuvenator. And uh, it was literally going to be an etheric bombarder, and you would literally take your pilgrimage, you know, and he, he was going to have three to 5,000 people a day go into this structure. And once it turned on, it, it, was, it was creating an etherical energy. It had no, electric, no electrics going to it. It had no metal in the structure. It was all made, with, you know, with, uh, you know uh, all wood and, uh, like, using, like, an old uh, 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 shipbuilding you know, 100-year-old uh, methods of how they built ships with, you know, mm-hmm. with, with wood structures. So this is really amazing, and you would literally just walk in the entrance and walk through it for 45 seconds and walk through the exit. I mean, you would have uh, uh, did a 270-degree arc walkthrough, and that would rejuvenate the, the human body. And you would just go back whenever you felt the need to recharge. And this was a gift he was going to give to mankind. Unfortunately, he passed away before he was able to turn it on. And, uh, you know, we, we are very fortunate that the structure still exists to this day, and hundreds of people, thousands of people, you know, take their pilgrimage out there to visit this auspicious site and to bathe in the energy. The owners there, they still do toning, uh, toning baths up in the upper structure, which is uh, really it's really easy to understand once you get up to the upper structure because as soon as you speak, your voice comes back to you. It's literally considered a perfectly acoustic uh, uh, structure. So as soon as you speak, you hear yourself right away. It's instantaneous. So when someone tones or uses gongs or instruments, it literally floods through your entire body. Wow. So that, that literally proved, and a lot of the uh, temples in Egypt and, and around the world do the same thing you know, energetically. So uh, this is this is where another dot connecting was very important. You know, and so I, I all of a sudden I received vast information. It was like the, the final piece of the puzzle when I got to the Integratron, and I talked to the owners, and I said, I will have a prototype of the function of this structure within six months. And they said, yeah, we've heard that from a lot of people over the last 15 years. And uh, I said, no. I said, I will, bring, I will be back within six months. And literally about five and a half months later, that's when I brought forth the prototype of the live stream that, w- that we call it now, the live stream generator. And when I brought it there, it, was, it, it, it quantified uh, the energy in such an immense way because I, we're able to measure it, you know, with our, with our instruments. Uh, like, uh, you know, uh, when I'm here, it'll, it'll emit one level of energy and it's measurable. And then we bring it to the Integratron and it literally amplifies it times 10 you know, to 20 times just because of putting it in the sacred structure that is amplified and, and tuned to the earth. So it was really amazing to see those readings go literally off the scale. And so this, this, this uh, intrigued me, and, I start, and then I started bringing the technologies to Egypt and different sites around the world and actually testing them in the same way. And it's amazing. So we can literally, you can, you can see without a doubt the, the focus of energy that the ancients understood and how they were able to amplify the natural energies of the earth and focus them into what we call the holy, holy cha- of, of, of the chambers. 
Now, give us a little bit more, John. You you've been taking trips. You've been taking people to Egypt with you. Tell us tell us what happens. And I saw a, a picture last week or the week before that was mind blowing. Um, but but give us a, a taste of that experience and and maybe when the next one is. Oh sure yes well I yes I do uh, I've, I've taken uh, three uh, trips uh, and uh, hosted people in Egypt with my uh, friends uh, uh, Greg Roach and Holly Evelyn from Spirit Quest Tours and we do uh, usually primary uh, sequences you know numerical sequences our last event was the eleven eleven journey and it, that was really a beautiful amazing trip it was thirteen days and uh, and uh, it was very interesting because it, as soon when I was uh, in Egypt la- uh, uh, in uh, 2010, uh, coming out of the Great Pyramid, I had a vision, and I, I had I saw myself on top of Mount Sinai, on top uh, of Mount Moses, in the Sinai on 11-11-11. And when I came down, I said, "We will have our trip on 11-11-11 next year, and we will be on the Sinai, you know, in, on Mount Moses." And every, you know, so many people kept saying, "Well, how come we're not going to be in the Great Pyramid on 11:11?" I kept saying, "We are to be on the Sinai," you know, and uh, that's all. I stuck to it, no matter what, and I wouldn't allow that to change. I said, "That is, that is the root of this trip." And so, what was really interesting is that when we did go, uh, and uh, you know, when, of course, you know, when we were there during uh, November 8th to November 22nd. Uh, we were there during the election times, and that's when Tahir Square was, you know, if you were watching the news, you saw everything that was escalating there. So we were there in the heart of it, you know, during this time. And there was also a lot of uh, very interesting energies that were coming through, uh, you know, and, uh, you know uh, that people were fearing on 11-11. So while we were at the Sinai on 11-11, uh, they closed the pyramid on 11-11. So all the groups that had plans to be in the pyramid on 11-11-11 were not allowed. The government closed the pyramids to everyone. So there were a lot of upset groups that traveled all over the world. And so when we saw that online, you know, everyone just kind of looked and said, and here we are on the Sinai, you know, and uh, and there's no one else here but us. So it it was... it was very unique, you know, and, and so confirming that that's where we were to be. So I always trust, uh, trust my guidance, you know, and, and that's one thing I, I don't allow my myself to be second-guessed in regards to something when it comes. When you get a direct uh, stream from the pyramid, you should heed it. You should definitely <laughs> listen. <laughs> so I've learned to do that. I was hard-headed a couple times, you know, but now I'm getting it. That's amazing. Now, when's the next trip to Egypt? The next trip is actually going to be for the twelve 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 to the twelve twenty one you know to the to the end of the world we're calling it the end of the world tour as we know it <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, you're, when are you coming back on the twenty first no you're coming back no actually, I think we leave on the eighth of November i mean of December, and we come back on the twenty third yeah, I think those are pro- – yeah, I think – no, actually, we arrive on the 10th. We're, we're still streamlining it now. We're putting it all together as we speak. And, uh, you know, so that is uh, – yeah, so it's going to be about 13 days, you know, and uh, we – about six of those days or five days, we cruise the Nile. 
which is really amazing on on the best ships you know the the uh, the the best ships that are there it's a five star trip you know we uh you know we uh make sure that you know the uh, ones who are called to these journeys they get the best of everything when we were there for 11 11 11 we did mostly pre-dawn excursions we were at the temples by ourselves at sunrise so if you can just imagine being there in the silence with the with the uh sun coming up over the horizon it's just one of the you do it you do one morning uh, this way, you want to do every temple this way. It is absolutely uh-huh. an amazing experience, and, it, and we have it all to ourselves. You know, our groups are anywhere from twenty to thirty, you know, thirty people, and you know, having an entire temple to yourself at at that time, it's absolutely amazing. It's a life changing experience. Now, John, where do people get information about this? Just I want to give people because I'm so interested. I got my pen out to write down whatever you tell me right now. Oh, yes. Well, you can actually go to spiritquesttours.com, and that's uh, exactly, if you if you heard that clear enough, it's just spiritquesttours.com. And uh, you, can sign, you can sign up for the information, and uh, we haven't posted the actual uh, uh, space, or, or we're not uh, actually announcing the trip. It's a really amazing. We've had so many people like yourself, just hear about the trips prior, and they said, I want to go, sign me up. So the word of mouth is like literally, I think I almost have this trip half full already. So <laughs> it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful how we don't we don't really have to do anything. People just feel the call, you know, to arrive, and, uh, you know, and then they just go with what resonates. So, you know, we don't, we don't look for, you know, you know, we don't, the way that we do this, you know, the, all the money is inverted right back into the trip. You know, that's the reason why we can, you know, be at the best hotels and uh, being at the Mina House, which was actually the first. It was originally a palace, you know, and it was there, you know, back in the late 1800s before anything, right near the Giza Plateau. If you look at some of the original uh, pictures, it's just amazing. And this place keeps its history. It's absolutely an incredible place to stay. You know, then uh, we're and we don't we don't stay on the old boats when we're cruising the Nile. We usually stay on the on the latest boats, which are beautiful. And uh, sometimes it's even hard for you to realize that you're on. You know, uh, you are cruising the Nile until you go up to the top deck or look out the windows. So it's really beautiful, really an amazing trip. Wow, it sounds it sounds fabulous. All right, now what I want to do is I want to jump into. Zero point research and the live stream generator. I want I, I I want you to. I mean, I've been watching videos and reading and all this stuff, and I got to tell you, sometimes you know I got to put my hat on a little tighter just to keep my head together. So <laughs> I want you to kind of take us through what what this is about and and what the the biggest ramifications are about this research that you're doing in this technology. Well, the biggest ramifications. Well, the first thing that usually happens is that this is something that is very interesting. Is when, you know, you're uh, you're journeying, you know, to uh, have the truth revealed to you. And this is something that uh, was very interesting in my life, you know, growing up. And I, I had a lot of questions that most people weren't able to answer. And if it and uh, they weren't able to answer it because it wasn't it wasn't in their belief structure, it wasn't in their dogmas that they were, or their religions that they were that they were brought into. 
their lives. And I realized that I was surrounded by almost the same uh, archetype. And I, and I realized that I had to start asking questions outside my comfort zone. So this is something that I always did through my 20s, especially, at, you know, Lockheed Aircraft. I, was, I had seven engineers. I was constantly picking their brains. And what was great is that, you know, I would, you know, definitely honor them first, and then they would divulge this information to me clearly. And it was really funny because the first thing they do is they look at your badge to see what your clearance rating is. You know, and if you had a high enough clearance, then they'd share information with you. If you didn't, they'd shut up. So it's it's kind of funny. We always we always had to do the badge scan. You know, so uh, but then the the exploration in regards to uh, the live stream understanding is that when we realize that we're connecting to these uh, hidden fields, you know, these fields that have been forgotten on this planet for thousands of years, and we can see it tangibly when we look at the pyramids. We're still in awe and in mystery when we try to understand how those were constructed. When we look at the temples and some of these incredible sites around the world, we're still in awe when we see these, you know, 50, 100-ton stones that are perfectly placed and precisionly cut with the, with the absolute tolerances, you know, that our, our latest technology today can do. So when we start to understand what was happening thousands of years ago on the planet that is not happening today, so I started realizing that it was these energy fields, you know, and and it, it was kind of forgotten because we've accepted certain infrastructures of energy on the planet because of the one when they were brought forth. But we also at the same time were given opportunities for other energy fields, but we weren't consciously ready for these fields at this point in time. So this is, you know, the introduction on the live stream does exactly that. It opens us up to these unified fields, these etherical binding fields of energy that are in unification with all life on the planet. And most people can attest when they experience, when they sit in this energy, they become very present. And that is the first most important part is to be in the now we don't even have to explain it because if someone comes in that's very stressed, when you become very present, your stress diminishes greatly from the mind and the body. And we watch that tangibly. We literally had, uh, on, honestly, today, uh, at, you know, around 1 o'clock today, we had an elderly woman uh, where her, fa- her, her children brought her in because she was uh, uh, dealing with a really difficult physical issue in her body, and she had no energy. She, you know, they had to literally carry her. Uh, into and put her in a wheelchair and brought her here. And uh, when, when after the experience, she literally was able to stand up on her own. You know, they were kind of just they were just blown away because all of a sudden she was aware, she wasn't lethargic, and she wanted to get up. Then she started talking, and they were kind of just looking and they go, "What's going on here?" And they go, "Well, this is exactly what happens when people are introduced to these levels of energy. The body takes this energy and absorbs it." And what it, what it does in that moment, it raises the cell voltage and it brings us into cellular resonance. So it brings us back into harmony. It's not always instantaneous. It all depends on what you're physically dealing with. But one of the key things is that the lady that came in, the first thing they said, is, said, well, she's very spiritual. And I was just smiling because I was having a conversation with her, right, you know, energetically right when she was coming in the door. And I realized that this is something that she wanted her family amongst herself to experience. So when she got up and walked around after that, you know, they they realized that something profound was happening. I said, yeah, she was just waiting for the right 
you know, connection to, you know, to show her that, that she can shift, you know, but she also wants the family in a whole, you know, to understand a much bigger picture. So I'm sure you can use your imagination, you know, what happens when people want something so badly, you know, with others, but everyone experienced it at the same time. So they all left in such a much, much more unified structure within the family. And it was really beautiful to watch that. And that's what I really, you know, am grateful to witness, you know, with the hundreds of people, with the thousands that have uh, experienced the energy, but the hundreds that I have actually touched and done this energy transfer with as well. Because there's two parts of the experience. You can just bathe in the energy, and then also we can interact with it. And that usually blows people's minds that we can do this. We're not connected to anything. We're just in this field. But when we touch each other, we're sending energy through each other. And it's very tangible without a doubt. Now, what are the what are the lasting results from it? Or is it, you know, uh, do we need to buy one of these live stream generators to have in the house once we have a few sessions with you? We don't want to, we don't want to, uh, you know, miss out. <laughs> well, you know, I actually in, in the in the first couple of years, I struggled with the understanding of this energy, and I literally looked up and I said, "Why do I have this? Why? What am I supposed to do with this?" And uh, there's two things. If you take the role, you know, and I really, you know, try to avoid ego terms and ego ego energies in my life as, as highly as possible. And, uh, you know, being in the motion picture industry, it was all about the ego. So, uh, and I, I really worked hard to stay away from that. So this is very interesting. It's like, uh, now, if, you, if we call ourselves an inventor, there's usually two states of consciousness that comes forth when you bring something and you manifest it into the 3D. You look at something on this level, and you can either respond from the ego, and you can go, oh, my gosh, I will make millions selling this to the world. Or you will look at it from a higher consciousness, and you go, oh, my gosh, I could do so much for so many people on this planet. And fortunately, in my decision, I chose the latter of that. And then I had to try to find the balance of bringing it forth and allowing, you know, the monetary energy to come forth as well as bring it to a global awareness. And so it took about almost three years for me to finally be able to come to the understanding of what my mission is. So, and this really changed because I, I was doing the hands-on energy work at centers and I was charging, you know, to do these sessions with people. And, you know, I, I made it very affordable for everyone, which was great. And uh, we had different levels of the experiences. But when you did the hands-on work with me, you're in a, in a room and, and we're doing this energy exchange for about 45 minutes to an hour. And it's very profound. You'd see the tangible results. You know, people that, you know, were diagnosed with, uh, you know, diseases, you know, uh, they and what happened is after several experiences, they would have just an immense higher quality of life. And this is this was the key thing. We had people, we had a gentleman that came in, you know, with uh, he was literally given six months to live, and uh, and he literally had thirty surgeries in his life. He was really, you know, physically a mess, and uh, and he literally, you know, he wasn't spiritual in any way, you know. And he just said, you know, I'm just doing this because I have nothing better to lose. I have nothing to lose, you know, and uh, only to gain. So, you know, and then he said, just explain this to me when you can. And uh, but then he he started coming three times a week. And his, he literally, you know, uh, was transformed because he, his own instincts, you know, instead of once a week, he asked, can I do this more? 
And I said, yes. And I got to watch something amazing myself is, you know, someone who got six months to live, he literally lived three and a half years. And what was important is that he was able to complete everything that he wanted to do in this life before he left. Wow. And he left with the he left with the highest of honor, you know. And and I I was so honored that I got to really watch him, you know, live his life, and then to go against what everyone else was telling him. And his family was so grateful every time they see me, you know, and I see them. We literally well up in tears because we know, you know, he was he lived here three years longer than anyone, and he had a higher quality of life. He was living his life. He wasn't in a, you know, in a wheelchair. He wasn't in a hospital bed. He wasn't in a hospice. He was with his family. And when he crossed, he said I, to his wife, I love you, and that night he crossed in his sleep. You know, so when you look at the highest honor of transition, that is, I, I am not to forget, you know, events like that. And this is something that is really important on the higher consciousness because we, none of us really know when it's when our day, you know, you know, is is when our last day on this planet is. So when we can get to a conscious shift to live life in its fullest, as high as we can in every day, you know, it's hard to live every day like it's your last because that's that's a lot of energy. But to be, you know, in loving kindness, to be, you know, uh, you know, uh, happy to every you know, every level of life that comes your way and to honor it is a brilliant way of living your life. You know, so this is something that I've I've watched in others that experience this, that either take it or, or go to, you know, come and see me or they go to uh, centers that have the technology or they make their choice to purchase one and to make it part of their lives. We have about 500 of, of, of the different technologies around the world and it's amazing. We have people that literally, uh, you know, have the small one that literally uh, fits in a carry-on case, and they travel all over the world with it. It's really amazing the stories that you know, that people e- uh, email me, and we call, you know, I call them live stream ambassadors. It's just really amazing because they bring the energy with them. And yes, you can take them on the airplane. They're very easy. You know, that's what's great about them. They're kind of mysterious at first, but you just let them, you know, do their scans. They'll ask you what it is. You just tell them it's a wellness tool. And uh, but it's just amazing, you know. We we have five different models from a very small one that fits in a suitcase, you know, to a very large one that's about almost seven feet tall. That's for a hundred people. You know, How many people is the small one for? Uh, the small one's really good for the individual up to about eight people, because it puts out a, uh, actually a fairly large uh, field. It puts out about a twelve foot diameter field. So uh, when I, at first, when I, I was invited to like a party in Ojai, and I knew, I only knew the person that, that uh, took me. And I said, I'm going to bring a live stream. And she said, that's a great idea. And we were in this beautiful home, and I didn't know anyone there. But the, the table in the, in the kitchen was empty, and it had eight uh, uh, chairs around it, and it was in a circle. And I literally just took the, the live stream out and put it in the center of the, of the table, and I sat one of the chairs, and I turned it on. And within, like, five minutes, people are coming over, and they go, what's going on over here? And they would just start sitting down. They go, wow, it feels really good over here. And next thing we know, we had about 14, 15 people, you know, just encompassing the table, and we're having this, these amazing conversations. And everyone is just smiling and very present. And you know, my friend was just watching in awe because she said, oh, my God, you know, now, you, you, know, you, you know, all these people, and all you did was you sat there with a smile on your face and turned on this, this live stream. And... <laughs> And it just attracts people. I said, "Yeah, you know, I mean, people on the on the higher consciousness can see it. You know, it's a very large beacon, and it is something that we seek. You know, when you know when many are, are looking for this understanding, 
you know, of, of what we're seeking in our lives, but we're always looking for that higher vibration, you know, or that level of beautification, you know, where we can walk in the fields and all of a sudden, what, you know, what, what worry and anxieties or, or levels of stress is now eliminated from your immediate field and you become, you know, you become homeostasis in balance within your thoughts. And this is what's really fun is like when I have gatherings here uh, and, uh, you know, what the first time people come in, I just put them in the energy and they just, they just have the most, you know, unique looks on their face. I go, and then I ask them after about five minutes later, I say, can you do me a favor? And they go, yeah. I say, can you think of a negative thought? And they just start laughing. And I go, well, I go, what's wrong? They says, I can't. I can't think of anything. I'm just, I'm just right here. I go, did you hear what you just said? And, I'm, and they're like, yeah, I'm just right here. I just, I can't think of anything else but besides being here right now. I go, exactly. And I said, and that's where the magic happens. So this is really, it's wonderful when you get to see this happen with, you know, like a dozen people to hundreds of people. And it, it you know, it just makes, it, it makes my life, you know, just so worthwhile because you see, you know, how this is going to shift people. And a lot of people have, you know, conscious awakenings. You know, it all depends on what level that they're tethered to or what step they are. And then when you get to another level of conscious clarity, then all of a sudden it's amazing. You literally, you know, you, you pierce those veils or those veils like, you know, thin before you and you start seeing, you know, uh, a much, on a much higher level of awareness. And this is really interesting. You know, sometimes the dialogues can be, you know, very amazing, you know, to have with people. Sometimes people, it's, it's uncomfortable because they start seeing beyond what they, you know, because a lot of people, it's hard for them to realize, but they, you know, we walk around with these energetic blinders, you know, just like on a horse, when you want a horse to just walk straight, you put those cups around the eyes so it can't see its peripheral, it can't see what's coming off to the side so it's not distracted. But so many people walk that way in life. And so when you remove those those uh, blinders, all of a sudden they're seeing what they haven't seen in a long time again. And then we have to integrate that again. And then now we have a, a much greater sensitivity. So instead of, you know, driving your car with blinders on and all of a sudden you get side swipes, you know, you're, when you remove the blinders, you can see that something's coming and now you can sense, I should I should wait another second, and then all of a sudden that vehicle flies by you, and you go, wow, that would, that would have been really bad if I would have, you know, drove forth. So this is uh, this is the conscious shift that we start to realize. Wow. It's so fascinating to, to hear about all this. And, of course, I told you I've, I, you know, been watching videos and everything like that. I am, uh, you and I spoke before the broadcast, I am so excited to come there sometime in the next week to to have this experience um, and, of course, today while I was watching some of the videos, I was like, oh, wow, why didn't I make my way down to Los Angeles or Santa Monica to have the experience before the show? But regardless of that, um, this is all just really fascinating. Now, <clears throat> you are also – well, we'll see how you respond to this. In my eyes, um, I'd say you're a bit of an expert on solar flares. Well, now – Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, well, I just—I I would actually honestly say I'm far from an expert. I have no degrees, you know, in uh, you know uh, any level of science in that aspect. But what I what I do like to call, you know, and a lot of people are uh, really understanding the terminology is we talk we call it solar consciousness, and we understand our greater connection to the sun. 
and this is something that I am consciously guided to stream, you know, when I get the call to do so and to be aware and, and also realize my sensitivity to the solar activity, you know, instantaneously when I can feel the shifts in my own energetic field. And before the monitors, you know, on the satellites even report it, all of a sudden, you know, I, I know that there's an event. So I, I would get up and I'd write it down, and then I'd wait three or four hours, then the sensors are now sending that information back to us on Earth. And so I realized, oh, wait a minute, there's something greater happening here. It's uh, it, it, it's funny. I was sitting with, um, do you know Peter Sterling, the, the harpist? Oh, yes. Yeah, Peter and I were sitting in a restaurant in, in Ojai a couple of nights ago, and his uh, iPhone went off, and he said, oh, just another solar flare. So there's actually an app that's then sending him you know, pushing him the the information when it's happening. But, John, tell me, I've had an incredibly difficult, like, I don't know, since Friday. What, I mean, is it the solar flares or am I just an emotional basket case? <laughs> well, well, Dr. Dream, I would have to say it's probably a combination of both. <laughs> no truer words have been spoken tonight. <laughs> Yeah, well, I can call myself a basket case in many ways. You know, what the uh, the aspects is like when we don't have the obvious, when all of a sudden when we just feel completely out of sorts with our own physical selves, with our own consciousness, you know, this is, we don't have, if it's not in front of us, you know, then, you know, we have to look outside. And it's really great, like when I do my posts on Facebook and, 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 and explain you know, some, what some of the feelings might be. It's amazing how many people respond back and they go, oh, thank you so much because I could not figure out what was going on, you know, with me. This makes so much sense now. And, uh, you know, so this is very interesting is when you start to realize this and, uh, you know, and then I'm just guided to post these videos and, and talk about the events, you know, that are happening and, and then try to put it, in, in you know, in terms of where people can associate what a CME or what a coronal mass ejection is. You know, and, and, uh, and uh, you know, how does that affect us on the planet? Well, a lot of the ancient civilizations understood the connection to the sun in such a great way. And when we talk about solar consciousness, we have to look at the sun much, much more than a hydrogen ball that's, that's generating heat on this planet. It is so much more. And this is, and this is what we're realizing. So there's no predictable, no, nothing that we can predict directly of what the sun is, if any scientist is going to tell you, you know, supposedly we're supposed to be in a solar minimum. But now we, you know, just this week alone, we had some of the most intense solar activity ever recorded. And this is something that if you've been feeling it, then you're right on track. Because this literally threw <laughs> so many people out of sorts this week. And uh, it was because we, we had a coronal mass ejection that happened uh, a few days ago that was earth Facing, and this is one of the most important ones that affect us the most. But the most, but what was what was different about this is that it was a long duration ejection, and we've never seen anything like that. I think the event literally lasted for like three hours. Instead of wow. it just instead of it just emitting a burst, you know, of of an M class flare, it literally sustained this burst, and it just sent this huge wave to the planet. But while this burst was going off, so many of us were just sitting there just, like, completely left. You know, and, you know, our equilibriums are off. We were in this time shift. 
you know, and uh, and uh, so now, you know, it's very easy to say, well, how how can we associate that? Well, we have sensors in sensors in space now. We have some. We have several different satellites that are constantly monitoring the sun from so many different angles. And one of the things that, if you go to one of the websites that I constantly monitor, and that's solarimg.org, and uh, they have a, what's called uh, ARTIS, A-R-T-I-S, which is almost real-time uh, instrument uh, 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 viewing, and uh, you can see all the different sensors around the world. Now, what has happened this week is that if we just look at the electron flux, the electron flux took such a massive uh, shift where it was normally, you know, uh, at, at one level, it just, it just, it, it, it literally almost doubled in, its, in, in, the, in the amount of particles, you know, that uh, are bombarded, that, that hit the planet. So that immediately shifts, you know, the, the, the magnosphere, you know, of, or the, but these, the electrons are constantly free-flowing. But then what happens is that we are, we are in the last couple of years, we have seen what is supposedly be, in physics, impossible, and that is proton shifts. You know, so, you know, we're seeing the shifts in protons drastically going askew. And science to this day, and this is the reason why they don't report this in the mainstream media, is because they can't grasp what is truly happening. They say, well, this isn't supposed to happen. You know, so all of a sudden we see protons and electrons and then gamma rays, you know, completely doing, you know, abnormal behaviors. Everyone has to take a step back and look at it because what it starts to do is it starts to affect the perception of time as we know it. You know, and, uh, you know, what we understand is how we perceive time and then how the planet is affected by what we call time. You know, and this starts to shift when electrons and protons start to shift drastically. Everything that we know kind of takes a different perspective, and especially in our physical selves. You know, literally our, our bodies are oscillating in these frequency fields. Most people don't realize that we're being bombarded with thousands of frequencies, you know, uh, every second. You know, just because we can't see it with our eyes doesn't mean it doesn't exist. But right now, everyone's getting hit with AM, FM, cellular, you know, cell, you know, cell towers, XM radio constantly. You know, these are things that, that man has increased in the natural, you know, uh, realm of the planet. And our bodies are really good at uh, protecting ourselves until the system becomes weak. And then what, what happens is the effect is called cellular permeation is where these energies start to, put, it, it, instead of just bouncing off of us, they start to go absorb into the cell structure. That's where we start to see great imbalances. So these energies that come from the sun, sometimes without us realizing, it can recharge us. So they, but they can also cause us to go askew if we're not really aware of what's going on. Because if someone's not in touch with their physical self, all of a sudden, if they're feeling anxiety, if they feed that anxiety, they'll end up in the emergency room, you know, not, and, try, and then they're wanting someone else to tell them what's wrong with them. You know, so this is something we have to be really aware of. And I had literally a dozen people this week, you know, contact me, you know, wanting to go to the hospital, you know, wanting, you know, to, uh, they said something's wrong with me. And I go, well, you're contacting me right in the middle of a, of a massive uh, solar you know, solar event, and this is happening. You're not the only one that is called. And once we start talking, they, they have felt much better. And I just said, well, if you've got nothing to do, just rest and hydrate yourself, you know, just, and rest as much as possible. 
and then hours later they were through it and they were and they were back to you know their normal selves again. So this is something very interesting. But you know anyone who said they were on their way to the hospital, I said you know I I would not tell them to turn around in any way, shape, or form. I would say okay, you know you know they might have a hard time associating what's going on unless you have a real ailment. But you know you know just uh you know just be aware they might be scratching their heads. You know but you know they they. A lot of them do know now that you know that the human systems are affected by solar activity, and this is one of the most important dots that uh, it's time for us to connect. You know, actually, uh, Fox and MSNBC actually reported because of the the uh, intense solar storm, they had to avert planes from flying over the poles this week. Wow. And so that made, that made it in the news. So now they're admitting to it uh, in, in, in an amazing way. And if you look at some of the posts on my Facebook, you know, you can see I was constantly trying to keep people updated with what was happening on all aspects, you know, uh, from, from the, uh, you know, from the solar watchers, you know, to, uh, you know, to the, new, the, the regular media and, and how, what spin they're putting on it. But literally when a plane adverts the poles, why are they doing that? You know, and that's what we have to understand is because these energies are hitting the planet. The corona, the uh, the auroras are, are are this week are probably going to be in records. You know that they're going to be the most intense that they've ever been seen and the furthest that that, that they've ever been seen because of the storm that we're in right now. So this, I, I've been posting some amazing. Uh, uh, cams, you know, from different places, you know, uh, that people can w- see real-time auroras, which is amazing, you know, from uh, from different parts of the world. And the intensity, you know, is just incredible. They're just every 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 day they're just coming in, just more and more spectacular than the day before. So we're seeing it with our eyes as well as we're feeling it in our, within our bodies that we are in this great shift that's happening on the planet. I love it. I wow. absolutely love it. Now, yeah, Donna, I've, been, <laughs> I've been listening and uh, really enjoying what, what, what uh, you've been talking about. Now, um, I'm sure uh, many people are wondering, as am I, are these solar flares going to um, affect our, uh, our our radios? You know, are are they going to be able to knock knock anything down? Um, is there anything potentially dangerous um, because of these solar activities? Well, the you know the dangers that we talk about. You know, a lot of people talk about that great uh, solar storm that uh, fried uh, telegraph cables, well, like over you know like uh, 80 years ago or something like that, and uh, or 120 years ago, back in the 1880s, if I recall, they said we had such a severe solar storm and literally fried telegraph cables. Well, there's a reason for that too, but you know, and it is also the materials that that telegraph cables were made from, and you know the levels of uh, energy that was transmitted over them. Now, the effect, you know, uh, does it affect our technology? It's constantly, every day. If you're noticing internet lag, you know, uh, you know, uh, most people just say, oh, my modem's acting up. But no, it's like it's the neural net of the internet itself is drastically affected by this, you know. I mean, not too many people notice uh, a 200 millisecond slowdown in data, but that's drastic if it was 30 milliseconds. You know, so we're, we're talking, you know, like a drastic lag, you know, that most people consciously wouldn't see, you know, but it is affecting. Now, our cell phones are affecting the same way. You know, uh, you know, it takes longer to connect some of the cell sites, you know, but a lot of the, a lot of the companies are not reporting because of solar activity. They're completely avoiding it. 
but you could see it happening. You know, so you know, and, and now uh, the dangers itself is uh, you know they uh, they look you know one of the things unless you're very consciously uh, attuned, and if there's a drastic solar storm that is happening, I usually you know would uh, you know tell people if you if you're planning inter you know uh, international flights, you might want to reschedule. You know, because the longer you're up in the higher atmosphere, the the more you're exposed you know, to those fields, you know, so, you know, you put yourself 30,000 feet higher than anyone else, you know, so we have to understand the, uh, you know, the aircrafts that are made now are insulated to, you know, to, you know, to avoid the normal amount of, you know, like any levels of radioactivity to ultraviolet, you know, to gamma, to x-rays, you know, that, that when they were built, you know, to the standards, but now everything's increasing exponentially, you know, so this is something that we just have to be more cautious about. You know, now not to avoid. Now, you know, it, it has nothing. You know, that we should fear. We should just be more cautious and be checking the self. You know, it's like tomorrow a good day to fly. You know, and then if it doesn't feel right, then reschedule your flight. You know, always trust your guidance. This is something that I, if you ask yourself, you'll usually get a pretty clear answer. You know, if you say, well, I'm going to book my ticket tomorrow, but we feel anxious about it, then keep putting it out there until you don't feel anxious about it. These are simple methods that we can, you know, connect with ourselves instead of getting advice from someone else. Because you know what happens when we ask somebody else. You know, we're getting their opinion. And if we say, okay, I'm, I listen to you, but I, now I feel terrible because you told me it's okay, you know, then that's, that's another thing. We, you know, these are type of the energies between others that we want to avoid. So it's very important that we understand the connection with self these days more than ever. This is 2012, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) It's a significant year. Everybody wanted to know what's happening, you know, on this, in this year. And it's all accelerating. I mean, the, the, the first day, the year of the dragon, you know, with these, these, uh, the solar activity, you know, uh, it's uh, it's pretty significant with the new moon, everything in alignment. You know, so we're you know we're going through a huge shift, and this is you know this is this this is going to really alert us in our physical selves. You know, a lot of people are going to get a wake up call. A lot of the people that are still in the densities of the fast food world, of the illusions, you know, and uh, you know just living you know to try to you know to uh, you know to make money. You know, and, and to acquire the materialistic. These are these are things that are going to be that they're going to become very unpleasant in the near future, if not already. And they're not going, they're not going to appease you know them anymore. They're not going to they're not going to get any level of, of gratification or satisfaction. And they're going to be looking outside. It's like, well, how come I don't find peace in this anymore? This used to give me peace for many years. Now it doesn't. And so this is a great shift in itself. And it, but it's going to happen on so many different levels. So one of the good things about it is that the satellites, almost 80% of the satellites that are up there now that are monitoring, have safety devices. You know, they have warning devices. You know, to uh, and, they, and the, the satellites have the ability to go into safety modes. You know, when these solar storms or the or these uh, these particles, you know, uh, uh, actually come from the sun, uh, there is a uh, you know so and so well we understand so they've already put those precautions in the satellites. You know, as, as well as the sensor equipment. So we need to do the same thing. We have to understand, you know, how to respond, you know, to, you know, to, uh, to solar storms. You know, some people can easily be outside, where others it's best to stay indoors during them. You know, it all depends on your sensitivity. Right. 
Absolutely. And um, I, I actually wanted to just to transition into 2012 because a lot of people are experiencing this shift in consciousness. And I'd like to uh, just to talk a little bit more about how these solar flares and solar activity uh, re- relate to people's shift in consciousness and if there are any uh, energies coming from the sun that are changing us uh, on any levels. Oh, absolutely. You know, if, if you really want to go there, I'll, I'll go there with you. You guys, yeah, you guys really want to go there on, on this show? Okay. Well, Bree, let's, <laughs> let's <laughs> I don't have a rope connected to me, and I'm feeling like we're jumping down the rabbit hole here. Uh, but, you know, within our time constraints, we got about uh, 10, tw- 10 or 12 minutes left. Go ahead, John. Yeah, well, the good news is the, the good news is about it is that there's no conspiracies from the sun. You know, well, we understand the uh, the uh, you know what is what has been known you know for thousands of years on this planet, and uh, the aspects of of our level of consciousness, our level of connections, our level our level of creation. You know, when we you know there are people that have this knowledge that have chosen to keep it a secret because they're still trapped in between the dualities. You know, so when we understand this, what 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 I call solar consciousness, these are the same things. These are precursors as as what we were able to do with technologies. You know, that is a part of the life stream. Now, why does the life stream does what? Why why does it do what it what it does? Is is very simple. For one thing, I don't use current uh, implemented technology on this planet. And it does what is deemed impossible. Now, why is that? You know, because if I draw it out and I show it to an engineer, they said, that's not going to work. That's going to destroy itself. I go, based on your educational understanding, you are correct. But it doesn't. And why, why does it not destroy itself? Why does it not burn itself up? And they go, well, I can't explain that. But what you drew is not what you have in there. I go, yeah, it's exactly what I have in there. And uh, so this is now. Why does it? Why does it do? You know what it? Why it? What it does is because it has a component that was originally designed back in 1883 in it, and the last time it was ever made on the planet was in 1944. So we're talking about an electromotive device. You know, like a rotary transformer that was made for you know uh, uh, military applications, and uh, well, it was actually adapted for military applications. But then, when in my research, I started looking at this thing and understanding that it is doing so much more, you know, than what it was built for. And it, and actually, the, its true essence uh, or its effect is being suppressed. And so when I acquire these devices or I search the world trying to find these devices, you know, to put in each individual life stream, uh, I have to modify every single one of them to create this phenomenon. And that phenomenon is literally a higher source of energy accumulation beyond what we use today. And that's the reason why when, when uh, we bring this, this energy field forth, all of a sudden people – into homeostasis. They go into the present moment. Now, why is that? Because I can create a generator that will bring forth a unified field. I'm not, I'm not uh, 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 dialing in any particular frequency like I've been educated to do. And I completely, and I go, I literally went back over 100 years to Nikola Tesla's work with his radiant energy principles. 
he was the first one to truly understand this. There's, you can literally go to websites on the Internet and see that he was creating in Colorado Springs radiant energy transmitters that literally he could take light bulbs and place them to the earth and they would just light up. But no cords, you know, no nothing. And I was just doing that yesterday. You know, and just showing, uh, you know, that this can also do this as well. He understood this, but it was way too far ahead of our conscious time. You know, this is a lot of people would like to see the conspiracy aspect of it, but there was so much more to it. There was so much more to it. So this is the understanding is when we understand that these fields, what is the live stream doing? It is only doing, it's only amplifying what already exists. Everywhere on this planet, it doesn't matter where you bring the live stream, it'll bring forth this energy. You can run it on a battery, you can plug it into the wall, you can uh, run a hand crank generator and generate these energy fields. It does not matter. You know, so this is something that we have to understand. Now, why is that? You know, because when we understand that the, that the planet is constantly in movement, you know, when you do research with Nassim Haramine and, uh, you know, what, what we've been uh, shown is how our planets in our solar system uh, uh, go around the sun. And when we talk about one solar year, you know, but then what we don't see is we don't see that our entire solar system that's constantly moving through the universe. No one shows us that. So the theme actually shows us that with some beautiful animations showing that, you know, like a you know, uh, a year you know ago, we're actually a million miles in space further than we were last year. You know, so we're everything's in constant motion and expansion. So now, well, we can also use that math and realize that we're venturing around. Even the Mayans knew this that we're venturing around and we're ending up at this point in space that we had, that the Earth hasn't been around in 26,000 years, 24 to 26,000 years. Now, when we understand that, the world was an incredibly different place back then. The energy on this planet was incredibly different. You know, this is, uh, this is the hardest thing for us to grasp because our current history only goes back a couple thousand years, you know, in regards to what is considered tangible, what we, you know, what has been kept on record. And we could see something great happened on this planet, and then it was gone. And now something great is happening again. So there are two different levels of comprehension. What happened back then, and when we look at the pyramids, I don't care who it is. You are in awe when you go there. When you go to Egypt or you go to, you know, you know, to the Mayan pyramids and you stand there, you are in awe. It doesn't matter who you are. And you're constantly looking up. And this is something that is really amazing is that we, to this day, it's beyond our comprehension on how it was done. Yes, the Torah, you know, the Egyptologists will tell you something to give you an answer. But nine out of ten times it doesn't resonate with anybody who's consciously aware. They say, how could that be? And then they'll try to avoid answering any more questions. And we have, you know, wonderful people like Stephen Mailer and uh, 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 John Anthony West and, you know, and, uh, you know, a lot of other people like that, William Henry, that, that take people out to Egypt and say, look deeper, you know, let's look further, you know, let's get our eyes, you know, uh, you know off the, the, the obvious or the tourist aspect and look deeper. So this is, this is something that we're able to, to see that is coming on the planet. Now, how does that connect with the sun? It's very simple. We are going to go through this transitional time in 2012 where, we're, where these, these energy fields that have been 
missing for thousands of years are now going to be amplified and literally be returning to the planet. So what's going to happen is that now it's the same thing is that when we all of a sudden we take a shift in consciousness just like I did and I combine something that was used to devastate people, you know, in war. It was designed for a military purpose, you know, on bombers, you know, back in World War II. Now my consciousness saw beyond that and said, I can use this for a positive effect. And so I went deeper into the understanding and I brought it forth at a higher level of consciousness. This is the drastic shift that's going to happen because we are going to be introduced, we're going to be bombarded with these unified streams. And and what it's going to do, it's going to shift our consciousness in such a great state on this planet. And this is the reason why it is is like literally, uh, that's the reason why we don't have a current profit. That's the reason why there is no one that is like uh, out there like a Jesus Christ or you know or a uh, you know or a Krishna or a Buddha that is literally taking the role that is in the highest conscious that is in the highest of states that is walking on this planet at this point in time. This is something that is, it's it's very difficult to explain, but then when we understand that we've been playing out certain scenarios. For, for just a handful of uh, thousands of years on this planet, but now something greater is going to happen, and it's going to happen within the mass consciousness on the planet. When we look at we're we're teetering on seven, you know, seven trillion people on this planet. Am I correct in that figure? <laughs> you know, it's a it's a it's an it's an uh, you know it's a or billions of people. You know, when we understand the mass consciousness that's on this planet right now, and the awakening that's going to happen in that level, and is it going to happen with is it going to happen within, you know, myself as someone that's going to step to the forefront? It doesn't have to. You know, this is happening in such a conscious collective. You know, and, and the further we go, the greater the the uh, the shift happens. And so this, and if and if we are surrendering to it, this is where we are going to take these incredible accelerations. If we resist, it's going to be very unpleasant. You know, so this is something we can obviously watch, and we have to make the choice. But we have to know what our choices are at the same time, you know. So that's the reason why we can easily use, uh, you know, the matrix as 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 a, a great reference. Is that do we really want to know how deep the rabbit hole really goes? Are we ready for that? You know, who is really ready? Uh-huh. And, you know, and, and this is the reason why we can see when they talk to futurists or people that have these abilities. There's this great block, you know, that what happens outside, tw- you know, 2012, and they can't foresee that. Well, there's a good reason for that is because time as we know it is going to drastically shift. You know, now this, is, this is a hard thing for people to understand unless you have a really good way of perceiving time and understand how we perceive it. You know, so this is, this is where it gets very interesting. So the solar consciousness is one of the keys. You know, when we, when we get bombarded with protons, when we get bombarded with gammas, you know, of course, it's going to shift us. It's going to shift us physically. It's going to shift us mentally. It's going to shift us spiritually. You know, and, and sometimes the veils thin and the illusion is revealed for a microsecond. It doesn't take much. And that's all we need sometimes to hold on, you know, then to take, to take that one step forward, you know, or to the two steps forward. And usually in our lives as we progress, we'll take two steps forward, one step back because we have to absorb it. We have to integrate. We have to allow it, you know, to uh, to become part of us. Because sometimes if we walk too brightly into the light, it will overwhelm us and it will literally burn us. 
and this is something that I personally experienced this year because literally like on my on my 50th birthday I was called to go to India and uh, I stood on the, on the day of my birth I went you know and I was standing on top of the mountain of Mahadevamalai and I was standing before the 19th Siddha and his name is Mahanananda Siddha and uh, he has literally been pro- proclaimed as the 19th Siddha he hasn't eaten food or drank water for nearly 9 years well, and he had such a profound uh, he, he went through a transmutation when Shiva came before him and, and embodied in the physical and literally gave him this great boon to live 500 years and to change his complete life. And now Siddha is omniscient because of this experience, because an ascended master decided to take physical form and to project himself before someone that was just like you and I. So when we understand what, on a, on a on a scientific standpoint or, or or just from an energetic standpoint, if an ascended being all of a sudden came and and came in physical form before you, that is would be equivalent to the strength of my highest life stream times a thousand. <laughs> you would be in that presence of an energy field. So naturally, it is going to change you. So the Ascended Masters know that. If a person is not ready for it and they present themselves before them, they could destroy a person. So this is something that we have to understand. We have to do the due diligence to be able to absorb these energy fields. If we resist, you know, and and, uh, we stay in the illusion that it's going to be very unpleasant for the masses on this planet. But if we realize that something higher than us is happening, and it is, it's happening off this planet, and that's what's happening with the sun. The sun is literally waking us up. And when we look up in the sky and we see these auroras, and, and you know, it, it, within possibly by the end of this year, we might even see the aurora borealis here in California. That is nice. going to show, that, is, that will without a doubt show that the world is changing as we know it. And so to be in Egypt on 1221 with the planetary alignments and all this, I can't wait. Unbelievable. Unbelievable experience you're setting up for yourself and others. John, I want to thank you for being our guest tonight on Dream Reality New Earth Radio. You you're you're absolutely fascinating. You you I, I just want to say I knew you would be fascinating. I didn't even know you'd be this fascinating. And um an an hour and a half was not enough time. Um we'd love to have you back. I just uh your wealth of knowledge, and you will see me in the next week um, for my live stream um, experience. But but thank you so much, and thank you for for what you're doing and the balance that you found in it. Um, and so, on behalf of the entire collective, I'm going to thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I thank you, Doctor Dream and Ilya. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. It was a pleasure having you on. Well, that's it for tonight's show. Next week, we've got um, Emmy and Clio award-winning producer-composer Gary Malkin. And find us online and just share the love that you are. Thank you and good night, everyone. Blessings and love. Good night.